Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fans of Power Podcast. I am Brian Ozone, and I am with my guys, like always, well, with my my T-Bone guy, my Tyler Baker guy. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've been called T-Bone since elementary school. <laughs> well, Joe Amato will be here along shortly. Um, I just want to uh, just touch upon something, guys. Um, if you guys have been fans since the beginning... Um, it's been a long journey for me in the way that I curse. I'm sorry, I do curse. I used to curse a lot more on the show, and I have toned it back a lot. Um, and then lately, maybe I've been slipping here and there. And I do want to apologize if you child, the children, listen in as well. I understand that it's you know it's not cool for you know kids and stuff. But uh, I, I, it's not something I'm doing intentionally. It just comes out this natural way that I speak. Um, so I just want to say sorry, and I'm doing the best I can to try to keep it uh, on the wraps for the show. So going forward, um, I will try not to do it anymore and catch myself if I can. And I've, I've, I have caught myself. If you've listened to the show, you, you will hear me say, ah, oh, I got it. I didn't do it. So I uh, just wanted to say that to the listeners that, you know, um, if you have kids and stuff, I apologize. But I am not doing it to be that guy. I'm just... Just the way I speak and talk is just comes out natural. So um, we've got a lot of complaints from a lot of conservative mothers who are just constantly saying, "Well, somebody please think of the children." I know, I know. And I, I think, know. I think they, her name happened to me, Miss Lovejoy, of, of, of all people. <laughs> a little Simpsons so, reference for you. I used to drive me nuts when I see her in the show. I'm like, I know it's a, it's a, it's a joke, but I'm like, oh, I was like, I know that kind of person. I'm like, someone shut her up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but it's good to hear that we've got youngsters listening to this show, which is yeah, a, yeah. it's a wonderful thing to know that uh, new yeah, generations are, yeah, yeah, are, are getting in on the fun of this uh, this uh, property that knows no limits and, and has greatness on all levels. And to see that kids can uh, can appreciate the, uh, the the world of uh, muscles and magic. Uh, it's, like it's, we it's did as kids, yeah. Yeah, and it's because it's, uh, I, I always thought, too, I'm like, how could kids today not appreciate you know all these these you know characters with swords and shields and axes and creatures with claws and they could swim underwater and be people and yeah. bird people and you know it's just like it's just it's, like it's, un- unlimited uh, infinite uh, imagination coming to a you know coming to life it's it's a great thing i mean that uh, we had as kids you know yeah either waking up in the morning you know the power hour with shiro and he-man and or or if you had him in the afternoon i forgot when it came on but i mean it was a great thing back then and too bad kids today don't have stuff like that it kind of like brings me down that what my kids watch some of the cartoons are pretty lame and um well, that's being polite yeah well like i said <laughs> you know i mean it, it, i was tell, i was talking to some guy at work today this i mean this era of, of children's entertainment i talked to my dad about this too you know that is it's just it's it's depressing to know what kids have as options in the toy stores and on cartoon it's so you know, bad it, like- it, it's so bad like you walk into toys r us i remember walking into toys r us as a kid and the whole entire store would be full of toys now mm-hmm. now it's basically like a toy section and then you have like you know the the the, the babies r us section and then and, and the the Kids R Us section, they're all in one store now. Like, you know, Toys R Us was huge back, you know, that was the toy store to go to 
you know, Katie's or or even like you want to bring it all the way back, like Times Square store or, or Sears when they sold toys. I mean, the toy sections were ridiculous. Now it's now it's hideous. It's like ah, uh, my kids are like let's go to Toys R Us. I'm like oh god, it's like it's yeah, it's uh, I mean the one that I have, I mean they it I because mean, the the one that that's still to the I mean it's it's still in the same area, but it's obviously been remodeled with all the modern crap, but. I mean, back yeah. in the day when there were actually several aisles of nothing but just action figures and vehicles. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that, I mean, that's yeah, there, there wasn't any, it wasn't like, you know, here's a little chunk section for this, a little chunk section for that. It, it was aisles and aisles of, right. you know, action figures, yeah. I mean, up and down. And, to, that's, and that, that's what what was such a big deal when even if the toy lines of the 80s only had like one wave or didn't last as long, there were so many options because back, I mean, it was the golden era of yeah. action figures and, and for He-Man to be a part of it and, and to be the powerhouse that He-Man was to be, you know, fighting for attention with Transformers and G.I. Joe is, is to be, you know, right. I mean, in our eyes, clearly it's the number one of those three properties, but it's always, oh, yeah. well, always remembered as like when people think top three toys of the eighties, it's He-Man, Transformers and G.I. Joe. Others will, you know, will probably say Turtles or Thundercats, which, you know, I would probably yeah. put Turtles yeah. and Thundercats as, as, as my other two. Um, but um, there's a lot of mask fans too. Mask was mask was cool, but I mean, to me that was it was, it was a different type of cool. Um, I kind of liked the toys and and the idea of the cartoon, but it, to me it had it, it couldn't shake anything that that He Man was doing at the time. Uh, it, yeah, to the, me, the He Man characters were just they were just very elaborate looking. The, just the so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had creatures and stuff like that. I mean, you had. I mean, Mattel gave us Brave Star, and of course we have Thundercats and Silverhawks, Bionic Six, the Sectars, the Rock Lords, Transformers, right. Humanoids, yeah. so on and so forth. But it's it's like that's why we're here, man. That those figures just, I mean, they just smacked you in the face. I mean, it was just, uh, and you just would never forget it when you, yeah, it, it just, yeah. It, you know, whether Mattel really, you know. I think obviously they knew that, that their presentation was a big hit with kids, you know, with the mini comics involved, and, and the, the packaging itself was such a an eye grabber, and the box art and the cartoon. I mean, everything it was just a what, it was a home it, run. It was, it was yeah. such a, it was everything that they did. It was just a home run. I mean, it was just the thing in the eighties was just so cool. Like all the toys came with a mini mini comic. I mean, I remember like the superpower figures coming with the mini comic. Um, I think Brave Star came with a, I think a, they came with a poster and I, I, I think, uh, maybe not a mini comic, but I remember they came with like a little poster and if it came with yeah. a little insert, like I know, uh, I think the, the commando action figure based on the live action movie came with a, a mini comic also. Yeah. I mean, back um, in the day in the eighties, man, we're great. I mean, we used to get such cool stuff with the figures besides like, like a million weapons or accessories and stuff like that. Now it's like you have to buy like 20 versions of the same exact mold of the toy, the figure. Uh, and you know, there's no throw-ins like a mini comic or, or, or background. No, they, don't, they don't want to put a whole lot of money into giving like a, a yeah, really wow factor for a child i mean i yeah it, it, even even the turtle line today is like it doesn't hold a candle to the original playmates one where the packaging was so colorful with a lot of images on there the figures themselves had so much detail with their colors and yeah and uh, yeah. it just um that even though i do like the new toys i think they're pretty cool well, no they're, they're fine too i think they're they're yeah. great but it's yeah. the presentation i feel like that that's lacking and 
and that's just the the toy. Well, that's across the board not. with me with that with, with everything out today. I I totally agree. I think that everything is in. It, it's just. I, I don't like I'm I'm even right now I'm staring at the new DC Comics multiverse figures. I mean it's just a lame box. It's a it's a red and black box, and you know you got a little picture of the figure guy on it. I mean it's just gotten it's just so lame. I mean back in the day you would have had original box art for that figure. You know they would have drew something just specifically for that figure. I mean it would have been totally completely different they would have spent so much money for that figure to to sell itself and and all the stuff that would come with it now it's i mean some lines you have to build build a figure with which i which is cool it works um how would you feel about masters coming out with like a build a figure i mean would you be would you be cool with that is that something you'd like to see i guess it depends on um you know, if if that was something that Super Seven incorporating classics, I mean, I know that would it always upsets the the men on card collectors because then there's a figure that right. they clearly cannot have. But but that's not well, that's the whole point. It, that's yeah. not the whole point because the majority of them are they're buying the figure to open up. So I think uh, a build of characters so we could get something like um, Dragoon, who's obviously a larger character, or um, uh, I mean, there's. I mean, or even just another figure. I mean, just a build figure, whatever. I mean, well, uh, typically the the build figures. I mean, they always tend to be larger bigger. figures, like yeah, like from those, the Blob, Juggernaut, you right? Know, or even in uh, yeah. DC where they've got, uh, I think Bane was a build a figure. Um, I'm not. I didn't, I didn't collect the the the. the yeah, I, I, yeah me neither. But uh, I, did, yeah, I only got a few of them. Figures. You're right. But but I like that. I like that, and and I you know too, but, actually. There's a lot of big characters that um, that are in the He-Man, you know, lore. Whether it's in mini comics, I mean, obviously we've got some larger characters like the Giants and Procrustes and Gigor. But um, I mean, I think getting like the the Formation style rock uh, rock monsters that showed up in uh, Quest for the Sword, like to get like the big purple rock creature, the the ones that had like the fangs and all that stuff. I mean, that's just as an example. I mean, or or, or even the um, the uh, the uh, well, the one the, in the um, good grief, I'm drawing a blank here. But from Random the Monster, that um, the um, the creature in that, which is I can't believe I forgot the name of that. Um, what about the, the the creature that was with Marzo and and he was also with uh, Oh Chimera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah, Chimera. I mean that that would be cool to get something like that. So there's there's all kinds of cool options that they could do that with. And I, I hey, whatever gets us more figures, I'm all for. And yeah, I think I, build it, a figure would be an excellent idea. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's up Super uh, Seven Sleeve? I mean, uh, I just read something the other day about them having a, a big announcement at uh, New York Comic Con. So hopefully they have maybe an announcement about how they're going to uh, do their figures. Cause Is that, the, that next month? October, yeah. October. yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, you'll have to uh, tell them who you are. You know, yeah. this is Ozone. Yeah. Uh, it's usually it's usually uh it, it's it's usually fun. I usually go. Um, but um, it's it's been really crowded the last few years. So it's basically I try to just get in and get out. Um, again, I'm not I'm not one of those type of guys that are there for the artists and and stuff like that and the posters that people are into and stuff. You know, like I go there, I get my I yeah I got like my punch list of, of things I want. Um, and I. I'll go to like the um, I'll go and 
yell at uh, what's his face Jordan from that. That, TV that show. reminds me. Actually, I had a conversation with the same guy I was talking about earlier, where he said he was at a convention in New York because he's from Brooklyn, and uh-huh. he met he met him, and he said, "Well, you know, he, I just thought it'd be cool to kind of meet him because you know I know him from the show." And I said, "Well, a friend of mine said he met him, and he's like he couldn't stand the guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted to year. elaborate more on how much you despise the man. Well, you know, it's funny because last last year I was going to buy something for the fact is, is that the price was so cheap. I forget what it was. And I and I, I said something. I was like, is that the price? And I didn't know it was uh, that I didn't know it was the toy hunters, uh, uh, his uh, space or whatever. And then he turned around and got the toy hunter and the toy hunters pulled him to the, you know, grabbed him and then spoke into his ear. And then the next thing I know was he turned around and says, no, it's whatever. He like added a zero or something. He like they screwed up, like complete, like a complete rip off, you know, like the guy just to me, he just completely rips the fans off as, as much as he could. I mean, he's all about fireworks. Con- not yeah, about- I was having a conversation about that the other day uh, about how these like TV shows, uh, whether it be, you know, the toy hunter or it could be, um, you know, porn star, whatever, um, how they give like ridiculous amounts like they ask for such crazy amount of money for things they have no idea what they're talking about and and uh compassionate people who who collect the stuff gets murdered for it because you know people see this stuff that these people are selling on tv and they think it's you know the, the going price or whatever and, and and they expect it and it's not right yeah, they really get the uh, the. It just shows that these people don't do their homework when it comes to like you know something like He Man, where if you're, you know, you you come across a trap jaw that's missing everything from all three arm attachments to the belt, <laughs> and the, at least the jaw does work. And the guy's right. like, "Oh, that's one of them He Man figures. I, I I gotta have at least twenty two dollars for him, man. I mean, that's a collectible. And you just it's you, take, you know, <laughs> look look, jackass." You, you, yeah. You're missing everything yeah. from all three tar- arm attachments. Everything. The the, the, the loop on his head is broken off. Snapped off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Could, but that's what they think, and you know, I know yep. Joe has told me he's ran across people like that. I see people uh, all the just, time. All yeah, the time. I was at a flea market not too long ago where uh, the guy was trying to tell me that he wanted, you know, well, going ready for Faker complete is like sixty bucks, and and I really right. and I, I hate having to play stupid. I don't want to come along and say, dude, look. I'm not a fool here. I know no what Faker's yeah. worth. Do you want to sell yeah. him or not? So I have to pretend like I don't even know what the character's name is and this and that. Right. I got like 15 bucks complete. But Yeah, I mean, it's crazy what some of these people do or try to get away with. It's insane. It's crazy. I mean, to me, it's just killing the – it just kills the fun. I mean, I enjoy – like like when I go to New York Comic Con, I call it the flea market, the section of where – you know the comic stores set up their shops and stuff like that. You know they're, they're little toy stores, and I always find like carded vintage figures. And you know they, they still, sometimes that's my ridiculous dog trying to chew me off. He clearly dis- disagrees with you. Yeah, I know. Um, I totally forgot now. I was saying. Uh, so I go to these places like you know these comic cons for that because it, it you know I try to get like a decent price for the stuff, and even there they're like, oh well, it's. It's it's a vintage figure, and I'm like, dude, he's completely naked. He don't even have like it's a He-Man figure. He doesn't even have his vest. How can you ask for like twenty dollars for him? Like, <laughs> are you serious? 
You know, you know saying, it's, I don't, it's not really a spot where you want to argue with a total stranger because they clearly have no idea what they're talking right, about. Right, right. So, you know, what I do is I just put the toy down and say, have a good day, and I walk away. Like, I'm trying to buy something here, you know, trying to just, you know, give you some money. And and I know what I'm talking about. Apparently, you don't. So, you know what, man? Good luck trying to find that sucker because it's definitely not me. Well, I think from now on, you just need to start saying, you know, do you know who I am? I'm from Fans of Power, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I think you just hit that constantly stats, just, right? just drop that every chance you get, and just to We're see almost, like the deer in headlights like look on their face. You're like, huh? We're almost at our fiftieth uh, episode, right? I, I lost. We're getting there, and then I think I think Joe told me like at fifty two, it will be a, a solid year, like a full year of of the show yeah, being being done. Year, so we'll yeah, have to have to be uh, coming up with some uh, some creative things to help celebrate yeah. those. The, those milestones, 50 and maybe, 50. Maybe, maybe we'll have some fans on or something. You know, we'll have to, uh, we'll definitely have to incorporate something for that. That'll be a big show. Maybe we can get Dolph Lundgren on here to talk about the live action He Man movie and Frank Langella all at the same time. I mean, Frank yeah. owes me a favor. I practically raised his kids. Get your people to talk to their, their people and we'll see what, what, what can become of it. Maybe we'll, well, we'll, we'll set up a meeting there. But uh, in the meantime, I think, uh, I guess maybe it'd be a good time to talk about a. Um, a very um, uh, fiery redheaded woman in the He-Man lore. Someone who's uh, been been uh, been a member of the He-Man mythology since the very beginning. And she was density well, She was a blonde then. Yeah, what a beautiful blonde she was too. Yes, yes, and a completely different attitude. Yeah. <laughs> so if people are wondering what we're talking about, we're not talking about Castaspella here. We're not talking about Shearer. <laughs> we're talking about Tila. Yes. And, um, Lots to say about her. She's, um, I mean, as I, I've mentioned her several times on the show, and just before we get into this, I want to make this perfectly clear, and I think I, I may have said this before, but Tila is an essential character he meant to, to the He-Man mythology, to a new movie, to a new cartoon, new comics, whatever. Tila has to be part of the series, and I just, my biggest problem with her is how she's always poorly portrayed in most yeah, media. and you know, I agree. Not- I, I agree. They make her like a whiny... A whiny little, uh, like, uh, she's very unlikable. Like, she's a kid. I look at her as like the the bossy girl on the playground. The girl's trying to tell you, no, 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 we're gonna do it my way. I don't like the way you're doing this. We're not gonna play that. We're gonna play this. That, That that was my mindset as a kid. You don't like bossy kids. And as a kid watching this cartoon, all I ever saw her is this is this bossy woman. Who got in trouble all the time was always, you know, ridiculing Prince, and it just—it was like driving me nuts as a kid. I couldn't yeah. stand her. Yeah, and, no, uh, I totally agree, and, and and same thing with the mini comics. She was kind of the same way, you know. It, it, she came across like some, some somebody who you wanted to like grab by the neck and shake her. You know what I mean? Like, well, I feel like the mini comics got her a little bit better to where, she, even though she was kind of like a damsel in distress, she well, never later on. I mean, earlier, <laughs> early on, she they got a great in my eyes. Like again, when she was the blonde, I thought it was great. Uh, I mean, but I don't know. It's just somewhere even the two thousand. I mean, you know, everybody knows the the MYP two thousand X. I'm a great fan. I love it. But I mean, she they really gave her some attitude in that series. They really like made her like stand out with that. They 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 could have made her a little bit less sassy for that show. And, um, you know, taking a step back, she didn't have to be so like, um, um, always on edge, I guess. 
Well, I mean, I mean, they really didn't write at her or Adam very well. Period. I, I felt like, at least with filmation, and Adam is taking on the responsibility of He Man. He's not a doofus. Like he tells tells the, us, the audience, and Man at Arms, you know, I act like a goof to you know fool my my father into others. But for the most part, when you watch each episode of Filmation, he's there in in the throne room listening to what's going on, saying, you know, Adam Duncan. You know, I need you two to go take care of this. Taylor will accompany you and this and that. And you don't see him very rarely. Do you see Adam portrayed as, as the is the doofus part? It just doesn't happen a whole lot. We're just told that. And I feel like in, in NYP, they've got Tila and, and Adam both acting like a couple of bratty kids, even though Adam's got, you know, the great responsibility of being yeah. him and still acting like, why is this character not evolving here? And Tila was just like cranked up to 11 with her attitude and i mean at least with filmation you know yeah she tended to be you know an aggressive character but she always ended up in trouble because it's a boys cartoon they're not going to have a female you know kind of overshadow the male hero of the show that's just not what it was about that's why we had shiro for that for that kind of reason right so you really couldn't have her you know, actually saving the day because most times she would show up and either get captured because she didn't listen yeah yeah right so, but, uh, I, you know, the, the golden books, and I think for the most part, the mini comics, you know, she, she really wasn't a, um, a nagging character. She's there. She can hang with the boys. She can hold her own. I always think of, um, the Caverns well, of Fear golden books, I think, got her the best. I, I oh, honestly, I, without a doubt, whether it's the, the, the Cobra snake armor look or the traditional right. kind of filmation style Tila, she's, um, She's portrayed pretty strongly, and she never comes off as somebody that you don't like. Um, yeah. Even though no, she may get captured here and there, she's still at least she's going to put up a good fight, and you don't feel like the typical damsel in distress kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, if they if we did get a, a new property, uh, anything you know, a new cartoon, a comic, um, hopefully they they try to get her to be. What she should be, at least, you know, not like, uh, I mean, even with the new DC one, when you know she's like the new goddess, I, I, I really didn't like it. I didn't buy into it so much. I thought it was kind of corny, because um, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that's going to be her role, but to actually do it, I don't know, it was weird. I well, know. I, I really I mean, feel like too for her to become the, the, the sorceress or goddess, whichever direction. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that's like we really you've really got to establish her as a much more mature and elder character much like with king adam you know you need you need to establish that if if we're going to go this route with these new roles taken on then it needs to be you know established that you know this character has grown and even though you may not be given a story that kind of shows how okay well you know, Tila Na, the uh, you know sorceress that we know, has given up the mantle. Whether she do, you know, has just officially retired, she's still alive, or she she died, or whatever the case may be. You know, right. we we probably aren't going to get that whole story except maybe like in a, a flashback panel in a comic book or something. Right, right. But exactly, she yeah. it's and I think could be really done because I don't think it, well. I honestly I don't I don't think they did that even in, in DC I think they um DC I'm sorry the new yeah the new DC comics I think it was just her as the new sorceress like they didn't even there. touch her. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah she already has the a role. character that that I mean like you could you know at least make use of the fact that she was a very 
you know, a, a, a hateful character. They didn't always, and and really, the character has no business being Captain of the Guard unless you're going to make her an actual Captain of the Guard. Make her someone who is constantly building herself up to one day take over the role from her father, which, you know, I think that's kind of what they, they everything reference. has failed though. Yeah, every, every 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 aspect failed at that point. I mean, there was never anything towards her uh, becoming the new Duncan, the new man at arms, oh, she, you know, girl, woman at arms, however you want to put it. Um, uh, you know, in, in filmation, anything. There was nothing ever in that direction, uh, you know, brought up. Uh, basically, yeah, she was supposedly uh, in charge. Um, but the general, how, whatever, however you want to word it, but uh, to, there was nothing ever given to her to become the next uh, man at arms or woman at arms or whatever. I well, mean, she I, says I never really thought she was going to take on that role. I just, I mean, the movie it, it kind of says that man at arms is in charge. That he's like the attorney in high command, as if like he is in charge of the armies of Eternia, like the royal palace, you know, royal guard. And Teal is kind of like a, a higher up in the ranks, not someone who's a an official authority figure, whereas in Filmation and MYP, they label as Captain of the Guard, but she's... Right. For someone who's Captain of the Guard, she seems to be awfully immature on how she handles things and deals with things. She's always like, why can't I go? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Very whiny, and yeah. This is why, I, I mean, it's other than the obvious factor that I'm going to pick the live-action version of Tila to be my favorite. Without, but at least without it, I mean, I'm sure that's no surprise to anybody, but, but at least in that... Yeah, she's a hothead, and as a kid, I hated it when she would, you know, pick on Wildor and give him a lot of crap and blame him for this and that. I'm like, leave him alone. But <laughs> at least it shows that when she's, and I think of the 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 assaults on Charlie's music store when he and Duncan are, are standing out front setting up the barricades, and Teal is in charge of taking care of Lubick and and uh, Kevin and and Julie and Charlie and Gwildor. and she's not like, oh my gosh, I got to get out there with the boys, I got to get out there and help. She's she's there. She's given a job. She's there to make sure that nobody gets back there, that no one touches the cosmic key. And the only reason she goes out is because Lubick starts saying, "Hey, your friends are out there getting their butts kicked." And so she's like, "All right, All right I can, I need to do something." I got to do something about this. Yeah, and right. but I like right. that attitude that where she's not like, "Oh no, I'm told I can't hang with the boys. I'll, I'll show them. I'll go out there and get caught." You know, it's it's not something that's focused on a lot, but it's it's a character trait that I'm like. I really like that about her, that she is following orders, that it's all about the safety and making sure that we got to do what's right, not because I'm being told I can't do what my father and He-Man are doing, which is what she did in NYP all the time and what she did in Formation yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just kind of got, you know, uh, enough's enough. Either you're going to get captured by Skeletor because you didn't listen or you're going to somehow able to contribute and then Duncan's going to, you know, punish you because you didn't listen to orders which happened a couple of times yes but uh it's a character that could be that could be so well done i mean you think of you know someone like um not that it has to be level but i i mean the live action movie i think got her character the best out of everybody she was an absolute knockout i mean chelsea phils looks fantastic in that outfit just just beautiful beautiful woman and uh still looks great you know but character-wise, I think she got it the best. I mean, I, I, like again, going forward, I would want that to be my Tila. That's what I yeah. want. I want uh, I want that type of Tila, and I think she knows she knows her role. I think she understands who she is and what she's supposed to do. 
and I like that. I like that a lot about that to the character. Um, and, and another good trait about her too is that as we're focusing on her is that she's very she's focused in the movie that all she can think about is we have got to find the cosmic key like she's when you yeah. see her circling the the robbie's rib place i mean she is like she's ready to shoot a, a bug that flies past her face i mean she right. is and, and i like that because she's she's all business even when man at arms like i gotta have something to eat she's like we, we can't do it we don't have time for this we have got to find right. the key always thinking what you've always thinking with your stomach dad right don't you yeah you know what a barbaric world yeah these white sticks <laughs> yeah it's it's just it's a good scene and and of course i i as a as an adult i appreciate her persona a lot more than i did as a kid because i just saw her as like someone who just gives guild or crap um right. but she, well, she I, again I, that that's you you i mean you'll definitely appreciate it more grow as a grown-up i mean you know as a kid I, I saw it the day it came out and you know i was a kid but as a grown-up and, and and following the property for so many years you appreciate it more now, knowing everything you know that you know and everything. And it's it, to me, it's it, to me again. Like I said, it, that portrayal of her is the best portrayal of Tila in all the canons of all that that they made so far. I, in I my mean, eye. hands down, I, I it's my number one choice. And but but I really have to praise Lyndon Gary's uh, portrayal of of Tila. Like we we have we've torn 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 her. The character apart, but I I liked Lynn. I mean, she, Taylor had a lot of good moments in filmation. I I definitely don't want to take that away because you know episodes like Taylor's Quest and um, uh, I, I was trying to think a couple of right off the top of my head where where Tila really has some good. I mean, Dragon's Gift where she's for you know fearing the loss of her father and you know her and she's there her and he met are kind of debating morally about the idea of killing sky tree to save man at arms right she's, yeah yeah she's upset but she realizes too that you know we can't you know which is my one of my favorites we will not take a life to save a life it's save just life right it's, it's a great it's, it's a great it's a great, know, it's, great it, quote and but it's it's a good um um conflict of, of character with her where she's she's all she can think of and anybody else in this situation in real life or not when when you're facing the idea of losing your father, mother, brother, sister, or any other uh, relative, and being told that we can't do anything to save them. Yeah, you'd be fr frustrated and, and upset and yeah. freaked out too. Oh yeah. So it's got to be a, a tough position to be in. I mean, unless you're in it, I mean, it, it's going to be uh, definitely tough. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't I mean, see that as a kid. All I see her is like you're not listening to He Man and the Sorcerers, Tila. You know, you just but as an adult, you kind of you understand that, you know, she has every reason to be upset, to be on the brink of tears and just kind of dropping to your knees thinking my my father is is gone. He's he's no longer in existence. He's a crystal statue that no not even the sorcerers can fix for crying out loud. And that's so, crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the power of that is insane. So it's uh she she has a lot of good moments and I'm I'm sure we're we're probably forgetting a couple of others and but oh, yeah. she need, she's needed there and you know I wouldn't have it any other way but I I definitely will say NYP's portrayal is the worst. I mean yeah. I, I mean I yeah just, I mean you, I you know usually I even I though she was a knockout I love the design of Tila she was an absolutely beautiful woman in the in the updated design but my gosh she was such an unlikable character. And the thing with that too is like she's a teenager she's a younger yeah. Like she's a younger version of her, and she's just so, uh, you know, like 
I don't know. To me, they they kind of really got that character a little wrong, a little batty on that one. To me, they. Well, they, I mean, she she never story. is, you know, like the the episode um, um, the Roboto Gambit, where she's, you know, disregarding Roboto, and then even the beginning of the episode where Cyclone has to tell her that the weed bends before the uh, the wind, where the brittle branch sli- splits in two, and she's just like, right. whatever. You know, right, like, right, right. she's a real bratty teenager who's been given the the role of in charge of the royal guard. I'm like, and this is your attitude. It's like, how, exactly. it's like who, who put you in charge? You know, it's like exactly. the, you know, and she, she she doesn't take kindly to authority. She doesn't like being told what she can and can't do. And uh, I mean, like like in the snake, and she's pit, definitely and she's definitely not old enough to uh, to go through all of life's. Uh, ups and downs and everything like that so she should be taking on people's advice and stuff like that instead she's throwing a hand up in the air and you know it's kind of makes you think like boy man did a poor job of raising her like she may be able to swing yeah. a sword and fire a bow and arrow but man she is when it comes to uh, a battle plan or what does uh, safety or what's what are the priorities right now she's just like i don't care as long as i get to do what i want to do and very poor yeah it's very poor she never, she never grows. Like you don't really, you know, see her. You know, I mean, yeah, eventually. It, it, yes, I, I realize I should have been more understanding. Blah blah blah. But then come the next episode, she's like, "Oh, right Zoda, back she's pretty she weak. I don't from. think you could beat Cobra Khan." I'm like, Taylor, do you, you never do one? Do you? I mean, you're always yeah. so quick to second guess and judge everything. Yeah, exactly. She never, she never learns. You, you, you said it right. She's, she, she always. She's always like contradicting herself. She'll uh, she'll learn, or you know, gets like uh, shown the right thing the right way in one episode, and then completely forgets. And then the next episode comes, and she has to start all over again, and with a little bratty attitude. And then again, she, again, she's taught, you know, you're wrong, and this is the right thing, and she has to go through the whole process over and over again. And to me, that was the annoying part of that character was just. It just, it just, it just came to a point where it's like, come on already! It's like enough is enough. It just keeps, it just keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. Yeah, when you're establishing a character that is that's supposed to grow into the protector of Grayskull, and right. you, you never, I mean, obviously, the show gave us a little bit of continuity with NYP and maybe just a, a little bit with filmation, not a whole lot. And really, the, the Teal is not the focus of the show. He Man is, but it, 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 people love the character Teela and. And I feel like, too, that's something that if we ever got a new cartoon, you can start her out as someone who's, like, very dislikable. But to really build her up to, like, you know, she has to change, uh, you know, as a character. Like, she has to grow and understand that, you know what, I can't right. do what I want all the time. I have to be willing right. to listening Because eventually she's going to be it, confined to a castle and can't leave for the rest of her life. Well, well, you know? well, not well. Even way before that, you're the captain of the guard. I mean, you, you're, 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 you, you need to be that person. You need to be the lead by example. Be, right. You know. And yeah, I could totally see what you're saying. You know, she is that bratty character in the beginning, and then she matures and becomes the captain of the guard, and then you know, eventually down the line, her and Adam get you know get married, have a kid, and then she's confined to the walls of Grayskull. Yeah, I see that. That'd be, and again, I want, I want the Chelsea Fields Tila to to be the Tila in longevity. If we ever got anything new, you know, in a long standing uh, canon, that's something that I want. 
Yeah, I don't mind a little hot-headedness and some eager to pull the trigger and, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. A little bit that's fine, but she has to be someone that, you know, can't always be seen by the audience. It's like, oh, man, it's like, well, someone put some duct tape over her mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but then again, you you learn from your mistakes. All right, shoot first, ask questions later today. All right, you screwed up. You don't do it again, you know? It's like... You don't need that re- repetition like MIP or whatnot, you know? Yeah, um, I think an episode that, that, that really shows, like, okay, this episode is going to be about Tila, Tila and her growth. Like, we're going to see her, you know, ignore command or she's going to be put in charge of something because she thinks she can do it. But because she's not willing to think and listen to others, she is either going to put somebody's life in danger or cause possibly a casualty. And let right. that be like a really good episode where it's like, okay, we're going to go a through life, A life lesson. A know, life lesson. Learned. And I think that could be really good in a, in a cartoon or a comic book where we yeah. we watch her fall down, fall flat on her face and then has to rise up from that mistake and live with it. Whether right. someone right. dies or not, it at least says, okay, we're going to go along with this, this traditional character trait of this character, but she's going to change by the end of this story or story arc where somebody dies or someone could have died or it it, it allows Skeletor and, and the evil warriors to, to break through because she was unwilling to accept advice or, right. or realize that, wait, 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 let me think about this before I jump into this. So it, and again, it can, that, that, could, that could be something that Lou Scheimer, uh, um, could be like very proud of you know like 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 a moral you know like a longevity moral episode you know like something like that in, in terms of uh, something like he would do um yeah i agree with that because I, I, I that was one good thing about filmation is that yeah the morals were in there but it never felt like it was the morals that were beaten over your head like a bag right. of just where you felt like you know because they they it's, like the gi joe ones like flynn coming out of the you know, kicking down the uh, the stall in the bathroom. You know, you know. Hey, kid, thinking, you shouldn't have spoke pot yeah. in the boys' bathroom or something. Right, like, right. You know? you know, stuff like that. You know, like just. Uh, Which I mean, those those were I'm like I always felt like the GI Joe ones were fine because it was all about essentially safety and stuff like that. Whereas He Man was kind of like learning how to kind of live live your life and stuff life like lessons. that. But it was yeah. not like it, it to me though. I felt like it had to be. The, the morals at the end kind of really pointed out what they were trying to say as opposed to throughout the whole right right yes. in the middle of the episode Duncan's like you know and then looks at the camera you know kids you gotta remember to do this <laughs> listen to your mother and father like no you didn't know that was the actual moral until they kind of presented to at least as kids right. you know, as, as an right. adult you gotta pick up on what they're trying to say but that's what made it feel yeah. like you know I didn't I'm not watching cartoons to learn anything here man I'm watching this to be entertained and and, uh, well, that was that, that, that was the, that was the joy of it. Like, but like, bring out, bring back <laughs> today's cartoons. To, today's cartoons, if it's not something that's teaching you, you know, it, it's it, today's cartoons to me are just uh, absolutely ridiculous. I cannot stand well, watching Sesame Street. That that needs to be what focuses on teaching kids the base AB three ABCs and one two threes. Not the AB3s. not an action cartoon. Not. Not a, a Nickelodeon cartoon, not a new Ninja Turtles cartoon, or whatever. And I, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they don't do that stuff in cartoons now. I don't watch it because I'd rather I'd rather chew broken glass than to watch what comes on like the Disney Channel Nickelodeon on Saturday mornings. Right. Yeah. But so. uh, but, uh, but that's, anyway. that's kind of our, our discussion on Tila. A lot could be said, but that's kind of our uh, our our uh, our 
basic thoughts on the character. I mean, it's it's an essential character, has a lot of potential. Unfortunately, just has not been given the the right interpretations, at least for the most part. Mm. All right, so let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll come right back. You're listening to a podcast from PopCultureNetwork.com. All right, guys, we're back from commercial, and uh, we're gonna wrap these uh, wrap this show up because uh, we were waiting for Joe, and uh, he did say he had something to do tonight, but he's not around. And um, Tyler, why don't you give your uh, weekly uh, recommendations to everybody, please? All right, um, we're kind of uh, keeping in in tune with uh, the Tila not listening to orders kind of idea. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, my recommendation is She Demon of Phantos from season one, where she uh, she clearly ignores orders, doesn't like being told that she can't stay behind or that she can't go with the boys, you know, especially because Lizard Man's part of this crew, so who wouldn't want to be part of this one? <laughs> but, uh, it's written at least this time that she does actually help out and plays a big part in helps, helping save the day and stopping Skeletor, Strong Arm, and Merman, but ultimately is punished and has to uh, peel potatoes. As punishment there, so, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a solid episode because we got strong arm and lizard man in it, so that that's the uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good little mix right there. Yeah, so that's uh, that's my uh, He Man recommendation, and uh, I guess to continue on with Thundercats, I'll probably go along with um, um, two more, uh, two, three, oh, was it two or three more weeks, and we get our comic. So uh, I know I, I can't wait till we we can finally review that crossover. I, know. I mean, I, I, I know, am chomping at the bit but to continue with that i'm going to go with uh retaro's first appearance in uh feliner part one and two it's uh i know people don't particularly care for the character of snarf and this one brings in like his nephew which might be considered uh, even more annoying not not really to me but it's all about the character of retaro and i i love that character hopefully we'll get to maybe we'll get lucky and see him in this he-man crossover you know battling he-man with the rat's eye yeah but uh, that that's uh, it's a great episode simply because we get to see He-Man and Lion have a, a sword fight in the second part. It's not real long, but it's cool to see sword fights take place in Thundercats, and Rotaro is a, an awesome villain. So that's uh, that's my recommendation for this week. Very cool. All right. Um, I want to say uh, to everybody, go to popculturenetwork.com. Go to Masters of the Galaxy Facebook page. Go to the All-Encompassing Facebook page. Go to HeManWorld.com. Um, actually, please go to HeManWorld.com and check the. Um, I just bought it this morning. I woke up super early, and um, apparently they're doing a live action, uh, sort of like the the Power Tour. Um, they're redoing something like that. Um, the musical, and, isn't it? Yeah, it's called the musical. Yeah, you can buy the DVD for ten bucks with three dollars shipping. Um, they only made like 50 of them though. So, uh, I mean, I bought one this morning, uh, to support it. And, um, I forget where it is, but it's like cheap to tickets just to go see it. So, I mean, if, if it's something, um, you can't attend, you know, what's 10, $13, you know, buy it, support them. And maybe, um, it's something cool. Who knows? I didn't, you know, like I said, I don't know. I didn't see it yet, but I, I, uh, I bought one. So when I watch it, I'll, uh, review it on the show for everybody. And let everybody know how it is. It don't take so, much uh, to make Brian's buy your product as long as you stamp a He-Man logo on there. Like, how no, many I'll, I'll take two of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Support the product, man. I, mean, I would love to see what what could be thrown in front of your face and say, 
it's got He-Man in it. Okay, it just I would just love to see what could what could slip by that you would it's buy. T- it's tough, man. Let me tell you, I I I'm just over you know heads over heels with it. So I, I don't know. And as an adult, it got worse because I got the job. So it's like you know. I can buy things. <laughs> can't get rid of the money fast enough. Like, it's like a bag of money, like with Scrooge McDuck. You know, like a, was it the yeah. dollar sign on there? And just drop <laughs> it on the table there. Get me all you got. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm picture like when Brian goes shopping, he's walking around like Scrooge McDuck. He's got the top hat on, the little glasses. His kids are walking around like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And, you know, he's just dropping bags of money and launch pads, you know, escorting him around New York, buying toys and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, well, Brian's yeah. DuckTales. Yeah, my DuckTales. You're funny. <laughs> All right, man. So, rock on, everybody. Until next time, I'll see you later. And speaking for Joe Amato, have a powerful day. And then, I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. No idea what that is. That's from the classic 1989 film Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott. And Terry Funk. And Terry Funk. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Anthony DeLongas, who played Blade in the live-action movie, plays one of the henchmen. It's it's a masterpiece. It's it's about as macho as it gets when it comes to uh, bar fight movies, man. That feels like a genre that's been uh, underutilized in Hollywood.